Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes episode 152, which is the atomic number of the hypothetical chemical element unpentbium. That's a mouthful. I'm Trey, joined by uh, Tucker and Dylan. Cam is working this evening. He will not be joining us. How are we doing, gentlemen? Living the dream. Actually, not living the dream today. For a reason I just talked about. Tucker had a a bit of a run-in with some problems at the Burger King. So, he's a little upset. But when you're upset, I feel like you're at your best at this show. So I do. Um, I do believe that. Let's get into some winners and losers. First off, loser Cam, USA World Cup. Not not going to happen. So, loser to him for his take last week. Uh, loser to me for my Xander Bogarts will be a Yankee and Aaron Judge will be a Red Sox take. That didn't pan out. Um, anybody got any others off the top of their head? Um, I did. A while back, I said that Bogarts was going to resign. I had to think about it. I said that Trevor Story signing was a good thing. I was going to keep the team together. It's the exact opposite of what happened. It's not, work, it's not, it's not working out so far. Um, Tucker, last last week, who was your fraud? Tom Brady. No, no. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Tom that's Brady. a loser. Yeah. That's a big loser. <laughs> What's funny is that uh, it was like was the third. Was fraud last week? It was like that the was your third. fraud last week. It was the third or fourth quarter, and they were losing. And I was gonna, I was gonna message in the chat like oh, Tucker, big winner for Tom Brady fraud, and then they won. So I mean, like I you watch that game and you're like, damn, Tom Brady's back. Guys. Yes, I did actually. You you watch them, you watch them beat the four and eight Saints. I watched the end of the game. The sixteen, and you're like, damn. I mean. Damn. The rest, obviously, they didn't play well for the rest of the game, oh, but man. the ability to do what they did in the last, what, two minutes or whatever to win the game? I mean, yeah, it doesn't matter who what team you're playing. That's the still entire game. I mean, that that's was, what, like, that, it's, it's wild, the like, way that you'll just contort anything, and the Tom Brady is good. The, that was like, vintage Brady, the ending of that game. Vintage. Yeah, what about the first three and a half quarters where he didn't do anything? You're like, oh, but but did you see that one? Like, you're the guy that watches fucking Sports Center in the morning. And like, yup, Tom so, being Tom, dude. So, so Super, Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty One, Tom Brady sucked. You watched that whole game, but you've just chosen to just wipe ninety percent of it from your memory because you only want to remember the last ten percent. Super Bowl Fifty One, like, Brady sucked. You're huh? worse. You're worse in the sports center, guys, because you did watch the whole thing, but you just choose to ignore it because it doesn't help with your take. Who's Brady being Brady? Um, Brady being Brady. Brady doesn't put up three points in three and a half quarters. But the tuck, the tuck, the point, the point is, is yes, you're right about that. But the point is, is that how many guys and teams can come back in a scenario like that? I would hope that left. half of them wouldn't be down. Or it just, 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 just answer my question. Like, like don't, don't talk about the rest of the game. Talk about the last two minutes. Okay. You said so your piece about the rest of the down. game. Talk you know, about the rest two minutes. That the defense has a great three and out. That 
goes for a negative seven yard drive that gets them the ball in good field position, or is that not included? Just yes, yeah, sure. That, that wasn't even the defense. That was the the, the Saints screwed it up. Touchdowns in a row. Winner take me. Tom Brady's with 14 points because the Saints got all tight at the end of that game. Mark Ingram stepped out of bounds. Yeah. Taysom Hill dropped the ball. Tom Brady, p- point factor, played big there. Yeah, exactly. They choked it up oh, because they knew the they knew That's who was so standing on the other side. They knew who was standing on the other side. They tensed up and question. lost. I would say the Saints over ten quarterbacks can throw two touchdowns in a row against the Saints. Um. Pull winners and losers. First point is going to Tucker for the Philip Rivers uh, or the Justin Herbert is Philip Rivers reskin take. Um, good, that was a good take. I was happy. With actually, that. picked up some national stuff this week. People started saying yeah, that nationally. I think, I think we have some national writers listening to the pod. We've done that a couple times, um, but you, yeah, you you got that one. You got the point there. The second point is going to myself for the take of the USA getting jobbed in their Wales game because everyone hates freedom and they're afraid that we're going to alpha them in soccer. Um, So those are our points. Um, And I think we can get right into ways to takes if anyone wants to lead off. I have a hockey take. You have a hockey take? I do. All right, go ahead. Hot take. Um, been watching a lot of the Bruins lately. Best team. I mean, you could say the Devils are the best too. Whether the Bruins are twenty-one three and one, and the Devils are twenty-one. <coughs> um, but the Devils suck. They're the Devils. They always suck. They're just getting lucky. Um, but I was watching the Bruins. And there was at one point in one of the games the past week, there was a penalty shot. And, you know, it was on, like, our fourth-line center. Uh, not a very skilled guy. He takes penalty shot, doesn't really do much of nothing, and uh, goalie saves it. Now, as it was happening, I was like, oh, damn, a penalty shot. Like, they, I, like, like, the, like I saw the, the ref point to the center dot, like, oh, it's going to be a penalty shot. And I actually got upset. I was like, I would much rather have a power play than a penalty shot. And I think that's getting more traction because a penalty shot, a good a good penalty shot, um, like ratio for a guy is like 25%. 25% of the time you score, like if it's in a shootout or, or a penalty shot. Um, you know, there's power plays where teams are have – much higher percentage than 25%. Um, and it's more of an advantage because it's two minutes that you have uh, a, a, like an extra man on the ice, right? So if a, penalt- if, a, if a penalty shot is awarded for an egregious penalty, like, <coughs> like you just took away the best scoring chance that you can have, a breakaway, and we're going to give you the best thing that we can which is another breakaway. I argue that the best thing that you can give a team now is a a power play. So I think in the next two years, we're going to either get rid of the penalty shot or coaches are going to have a choice of whether they want to take it or not. 
take it as a penalty shot or take it as a two minute minor penalty. Because it's, 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 it's like you award a penalty shot because it's, uh, you, you just took away a major scoring opportunity. And, and so they award the penalty shot. Like, it, I just feel like it's, you have a better scoring opportunity, or you can, there's, there's situations you have a better scoring opportunity, uh, with a power play than awarding a penalty shot, especially if the guy that has to take it sucks. Okay. Um, is there any, like, rumblings of this potentially happening, or is this just something you kind of came up with? Yourself? I feel like I've heard things in the past, <laughs> people just saying, uh, like, cause, cause I, like, I remember there being a Bruins game last year, I think, where it was late in the game and we were down by one and it was a similar situation. Like some fourth line winger gets hooked and they get, and they call a penalty shot and everybody's like, I wish he didn't do that. I wish he just gave us a penalty for the last two two minutes of the game. Um, yeah, it's I mean, like on the fence of what to call it a penalty shot or just a normal penalty. I, like, well, I, why? I agree with you because I think that I I don't know if they're going to change it. I'll say that I I don't I don't I haven't heard enough about it. And how penalty shots are pretty rare in the NHL, are they not? They only yeah, I mean they, they happen. What a team! How a team? How many penalty shots do they probably take a season outside of like overtime? You know, like. How, I mean, I, I don't five? know. At at most, I don't know. But I um, would say on any <clears throat> given night, there's a fifty percent chance that it happens in any game. You think that often? Like, like never see penalty shots. I never saw it. I Dude. mean, like if eight games are played tonight in the NHL. There's a 50-50 chance that there's going to be at least one. Okay, so in those eight games, but I I I don't know that they're going to change it because I don't think it happens enough to warrant it. But I see where you're coming from. I do think it is harder to score on a penalty shot than it is on a power play because you think about how often there are one man, two man breaks in the NHL where they don't result in goals. Happens all the time. I mean, a good goalie can stop almost anybody, uh, especially when they don't have a scrum in front of the net. When you're in a power play, you get to set up your offense and you get to move the puck and you can always, you can, you know, jam it into the slot, put a lot of guys down there, hope for a bounce, a little bit of puck luck. Uh, but in this situation, it's you versus the other guy. And I mean, hockey, there's a lot of great hockey players, but you know, how many of, how many of the hockey players on your team are you confident in beating the goaltender? You know, not many. Exactly. One on one. Exactly. That's what I'm, no, that's what I'm saying. So it's unless it's the penalties committed on one of those guys, of course, it's going to be harder to score. So I, 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 I see where you're coming from. I agree with you. I, like you think about the PKs the other night that the Bruins ended up losing their streak on. Um, Jake DeBrusque had a chance to win it and beat the goalie. But I think he was a little in his own head. I think he was a little in his own head because. He wasn't a huge fan of Cassidy, who was the, sitting on the opposite <laughs> bench, and I think he thought, oh, I'm going to be the man here, and he got a little in his own head. So there's that aspect to it, too. So I do agree that it is more of a boon to give a team a power play. Um, so I wouldn't have no problem with them getting rid of it totally and just keeping it for the, you know, the, 
the last period of OT or whatever you're playing. Um, I think it would be good to just be a coaching decision. So I was thinking of something when you were making the take that maybe you just make it like you can take the penalty shot or you can decline it and get a minute penalty. Like, so you don't get a full one. So there's more of a choice but it, there. But the thing is, is that the, a, a, a call on a penalty, like to, to call a penalty shot, you have to commit a penalty that at the same level as a normal two minute. Yeah, that's true. It's not, it's not ticky tacky. Like it's the same egregious or make it, make it. So if you give the penalty shot that they get an, they get a, an additional one minute of one man up skating, like added on. So it's not so dependent on one go. I just think, I just think they should, they either, you can put anybody out there to do it. It doesn't have to be the guy who got penalized against or do you uh give the coach a choice to say you can take two minutes or the guy who got fouled he gets to do it so because when it was in when it was part of the game way back in the day i mean goalies had couch pillows no like like not even like tiny little cushions they were plumbers and they were standing upright and they didn't even go down on their knees and every single time there was a there was a penalty shot the other team scored i mean it was like a given but nowadays it's like 2018 percent or whatever tucker any input no you're not a big hockey guy but um sure yeah i mean yeah, not a big hockey guy. I don't really know the answer to this. Uh, I've seen like two penalty shots in like the non-penalty parts of the game. So I will say it is exciting, but it's yeah. Just, I mean, I enjoy them, but I can see Dylan's point if they're less. I mean, I'm a numbers guy, so that doesn't really make sense to me if it doesn't. I mean, they're hard to score on. It's just a fact, like. There's so many good goalies and not as many great one-on-one yeah. finishers. That Maybe they should happen. make the net bigger. And they should play on grass and well, never yeah. stop the clock. <laughs> stop the about, about like 10, 12 but I like, years ago. But I they, think there should only be five people. I want five people full field. About 10, 12 years ago, um, NHL put in a rule that made the goalies pads and chest pads smaller which effectively makes the net bigger that was like 10 or 15 years ago Just make right. the goal bigger. a little bit rule rule book discussion um do you know how big a, a, a hockey goalie a hockey goal is it's actually pretty big it's pretty small it's actually pretty big if you stand right next to it not big enough i want you know how big it is uh, i'd say five well, feet across well, it's it's six feet across and four feet high. It's twenty four square feet. It's actually it's not that small. I mean, when I get in that, nothing's getting by, so it's <laughs> tiny. Um, Canadian superstar, they call me back on the ranks of Berkshire County. Um, all right, I have a take. Um, so it's going to be Patriots related. Unfortunately, it's the best I could come up with. I had a hockey one, but I forgot what it was. Um, but this one I've been thinking about, and 
Belichick's been starting to take some heat for his coaching decisions um, in terms of adding Matt Patricia. And this past week he said it's too late in the season to make any changes with our offense, which I think is fair to say, honestly. It should have never been this way. I, I do agree with him. It's too late to make any big sweeping changes. This is not going to make it a difference. But um, he said at the beginning of the season that if it goes wrong, blame him, right? And I think everybody can agree it's gone wrong. The team, whether you think they are playing well, playing at their level, or playing worse than they are, you ha- can't deny that the offense is not working. Um so he's going to have to take the blame. And I think Bill has a bit of an ego, has some pride. Um, but I don't see him taking the blame totally for this. And I also don't see him <laughs> putting it on Matt Patricia. This is a guy that he threw into this position, whether he wanted it or not. I believe Patricia 100% wanted it. I think he thought he could do it. Um, but... This is a guy he put in this position. This is a guy that's kind of like his guy, right? He's not going to just say, yeah, well, we put Matt in the position and he couldn't do it, right? So he's looking for a scapegoat. So you think of who we could use as a scapegoat. Um, you can use Joe Judge, the quarterback's coach, similar situation. I don't think you do that. You can blame the offensive line. You know, I don't think he puts it on those guys. You can blame the quarterback, which I think he's going to do. Um, I think he's going to come out at the end of the year and say, well, we, you know, we didn't get the quarterback play we wanted. We need to change things up for the quarterback. He, you know, blah, 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 some sort of back alley way of blaming Mac. And I think this is going to result in their already frayed relationship, which I made up according to Tucker, the fact that Mac doesn't like Matt Patricia, which we saw him screaming at him on the sideline this week, but I made that up. I just connected that take. Out of we also see videos of Brady screaming at Bill O'Brien. Are you saying that Brady didn't like Bill O'Brien? No, I'm not saying that. Back to my okay. take. Um, I think that Mac has been frustrated all season. Um, I think we saw a little bit at, of it the other night. And I think Bill putting it on him is going to be the last straw. And Bill, I don't think Bill thinks they need Mac. I don't think he ever has. I think he can, thinks he can win with any quarterback. He put up a 7-9 season with a stiff Cam Newton. So Patriots are going to trade Mac Jones. And uh, um, I'll tell you where he's getting traded. But they're going to roll with Bailey Zappi because Zappi was just a slightly worse than Mac Jones in his time. I'd say, you know, most couple of the games he played better than Mac. I don't think that's the case, by the way. I think Mac Jones leaps and bounds better than Bailey Zappi. But nonetheless, uh, he's going to trade away this guy that's starting to become a pain in the ass for him to a team that needs a quarterback that has familiarity with Mac Jones, the Las Vegas Raiders. Mac is going to get traded there as a favor to Josh McDaniels. Josh is going to take him back under the wing and make him the quarterback that he was last year. And the Patriots are going to move forward with Bailey Zappi, uh, a guy who's not going to not going to question. He's not going to question. Uh, they'll probably get like a first or a second. They'll get a decent pick, um, but that way you roll with a guy who doesn't have any complaints about Matt Patricia or anything, and you roll with a guy who's cheaper 
and uh, not going to cost you money down the road. And you get rid of a guy who is frustrated with your team. Mac Jones to the Raiders this offseason. Book it. Um, yeah, I mean, one of your worst takes ever. Um, definitely. Um, just disagree from the get-go that Belichick can deal with adversity and will just trade away the quarterback because he thinks there might be a problem as if, like, Matt Patricia is the end-all be-all of this team, which he hasn't done anything to prove that on the offensive side of the ball. So I think that's a bad start. Trading away a rookie, a quarterback on his rookie contract, not really <coughs> a money thing. Bailey Zappi didn't prove anything to make me think that they want to roll with Bailey Zappi. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just more along the lines of you just making things up. But, I mean, it's a wasted take. I respect that it's wasted. Wasted not in the fact that it's anything other than bad, though. It's a bad take, is what I'm trying to say. Dylan? You're muted. Sorry. Um, I have a problem with your premise in that um, Bill Belichick is going to try to find a scapegoat for the season. The The end of this season is going to be just like the end of all the other seasons. You know, like, we got to get better in these areas, and then nothing's going to change, and we're going to come out next year with the same team with a couple additions and a couple of losses. I don't think anything, any finger-wagging, finger-pointing is going to be made towards anybody. I think it's just going to be... Uh, we got to get better and we're going to just get maybe marginally better. And that'll be our team next year. I don't think there's, it, it, maybe they do some sort of shakeup in the coaching staff, bring some guys in, move guys around. I don't think Jones is going anywhere. They're just going to get their picks. Maybe they'll get better. Maybe they get worse. I don't, I don't think at this, I think you're reading too much into this. Maybe so. Um, Tucker, you got a take? Nope. Uh, give me 30 seconds. I'm sorry. I've I just been... say, like, if you're – I wish I was a credentialed member of the media because I get you have to make relationships with guys and you have to get guys to answer questions and you can't be a douchebag to them. I just want to honestly say to Bill, Bill, listen, you said blame you if this goes wrong. You said that on the record. <laughs> and I'm blaming you. And I want to know why this happened. And of course he wouldn't answer the question, but I want somebody you to would ask turn him. Some heads, though, the audience. Well, that's what I'm saying. These guys are cowards down there and they all want, I know they all want to have a good relationship. They need to get tips. I get that. Like I get that's part of being a reporter. Yeah. But man, if one guy just had a spine down there and stuck up to him and said, listen, man, I'm not doing the on to Cincinnati Week to week, day to day, bullshit. I'm not listening to that. You need to give me an you need to give the fan base an answer. You need to give your players an answer. Why did you do this? Why did you think it was smart in today's NFL, where the offenses are so complex that they're bringing in nerds like Mike McDaniel to run offenses, geniuses? Why are you putting a guy who's never done it in charge of it? 
Like, why? Tucker, you got a take? Uh, yeah. My take is about Brock Purdy. Mr. Irrelevant, as some people call him. Uh, last pick of the draft, now the starting quarterback for the 49ers for the foreseeable future. Brock Purdy's going to make it to the NFC Championship game. <laughs> oh, that could be a huge loser for me. I put them in the Super Bowl last week or two weeks ago. You did. Um, this team's just better than everyone still. I mean... Brock Purdy beat the Dolphins because... Yeah, he didn't play bad. No, he's a game manager. He's what you need out of that. Like, you didn't, you know, like, in terms of what you're going to ask for in that position, you don't want, um, like, you don't want the super athletic guy that has high upside. You just want the guy that can throw, get the ball downfield, do his job right, you know, and I think that's what you have in Brock Purdy. He's nothing special, but he's not bad. Wait, um, I will agree with you, Tucker. He's not that bad, and I, I don't know if they're making an NFC championship or whatever you said, but I had him in the Super Bowl. But I will bring up, at the beginning of the year, when everybody was talking about it, before the, before the season started, let me remind you, of my ridiculous and bizarre Jimmy G scenario take. Do you guys remember this? It was something like Jimmy's going to get hurt and then yes. they're going to trade he's, him and then and then something no, else. He's, 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 I said, I, I, said Stan, I, I think it was San Francisco is going to play it. He's going to get hurt. Hurt so bad that he doesn't get traded. And He'll never play again. This, after all of this nonsense, the last game they'll ever play is San Francisco, and that's going to be the end of it. I don't. I don't think I said that he would never play again. I just said that he was. He's not going to get traded, and he's going to stay, and maybe not play. I don't know. But there was something about him playing and getting hurt. So part of that, I got to go back and listen to him. So part one has happened. So I like this pretty kid. I love the Mister Relevant stuff. I don't think. I can't remember any time that Mr. Relevant has ever actually made an impact in the NFL. Um, but I know Swag Kelly was Mr. Relevant at one point. Um, but this is going to go one of two ways. This is either going to go exactly how you say, Tucker, where this kid is going to come in and go on an insane run. And then like they'll probably lose in the NFC Championship. and um, Or they win the Super Bowl with him. And he's the first rookie to ever win a Super start and win a Super Bowl. And then they go into next season and he's going to take Trey Lance's job and be the guy there. Or he's going to come out and just have one of the worst games ever next week and just be terrible. Um, that's the only way I see it going. Um, but I think the kid can play a little bit. I think he's got a really weird throwing motion from what I saw. Um, so I tend to think that he probably won't end up carrying them there. But I would love to see it. And I, I think he can play. Like he played that whole game, basically. And he beat that team. And the, the San Francisco 49ers are still very, very good outside of the quarterback position, which is what they've struggled with for two, three years now. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. I agree. Dale, you still have him in the bowl? With with Purdy? Yeah. Sure, why not? I already said it, so I can't backtrack now. Brock Purdy. There was a, there was a social media kid named, like, 
Ray Purdy or something a couple of years ago with like funny glasses that used to do dances in the street. Wonder if they're related. Um, the Game Awards is showing a uh, clip of the new Mario movie right now. It's pretty electric. Um, Has that come out yet? No, no, that doesn't come out until next year. I don't think it's going to be so bad. Have you heard Chris Pratt's voice in it? He just sounds like a guy. Chris Pratt, right? <laughs> yeah, he just sounds like Chris Pratt talking. Um, Mario. Yeah, he's like it's a me, Mario. Okie dokie. Yeah, no. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's do. Let's lead off with baseball because I think that's the big news of the past two, of the past forty-eight hours. It's all still fresh in our minds. We got Dylan here, which is good. Um, so let's lead off with that. So. Obviously, the hot stove is very hot this year. Uh, it feels like in the past five or six years so much, it's not really been too crazy. I think teams are locking up their faces of their franchise more than ever um, with long-term 10-plus years deals. Funny how that works. Um, I'm not really used to that as a Red Sox fan. But um, but this has been a good one, man. Uh, we started off with Aaron Judge, tweeted out, going to the Giants, done deal. Two minutes later, just kidding. No, he's not. An hour later, yeah, he's he's actually going to the Yankees. Um, and then we had Trey Turner go to the Nationals, or the Phillies, rather. He came from the Nationals. Um, and you have a bunch of other stuff. But I just want to get into my Red Sox thoughts before I, I pass it to you guys. So, obviously, they, so they start off. It looks like Xander's gone. It's been looking like that for a year now. Um, and then... They signed Kenley Jansen, which I like. A lot of people have hated that signing, hated on it. I think it's fine. I think big problem with teams, they didn't have a closer. They didn't have to find bullpen roles. I don't care that he's 35. I don't care that he's got a heart issue or whatever. Just get a closer in there. Have your defined roles. Play it You know how you have to play it. I like the Kenley Jansen signing. Then we get reports that they're signing this uh, Yoshi guy, Yoshida. Matsuhaka Yoshida, who I'm just going to refer to as Yoshi. For the remainder of his I'm stint so, with the I'm Red Sox, I'm so excited. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a shirt if I have to, <laughs> um, with Yoshi's face on it. So when I first heard about this guy a couple weeks ago, I think, or a week ago, when they said he was gonna post, um, I was, I was excited to see where he was gonna go, and he ended up on my team, which is good. Uh, a bit of an outfielder. He's an outfielder, but he's a bit of a defensive liability, I guess. Hits for average, not power. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he translates to the MLB. He's tiny. He's five eight. I found that out. I thought he was a first baseman DH. I guess not. No, no. He's a hit for average outfielder, 5'8". He led the whatever league in OPS two straight years, only struck out 40 times and 500 What team was he on, do you know? It's the Buffalo, something Buffaloes. I don't I don't know the, the league. Yeah, or the Buffaloes. So a lot of Buffaloes in Japan, yeah. I heard. But um, then reports start to come in that maybe he's not like, as good as everyone's pinning. He's 32. I don't know. I think he's fine. He's going to suck. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to blow. Um, he's going to blow. 32 years old, 5'8". I was expecting some moose of a So when I first heard about him, that's what I thought. With a name like Yoshida, I was like, all right, we're getting a big bopper. When I first heard about him, I thought, this is like Shohei Mini, right? Like off-brand Shohei coming over here. Just like... <laughs> Big Japanese guy that can, that can hit uh, for power. Friend. Yeah, it's like we got Hideki Matsui coming into the side. We got we got off brand Hideki Matsui. And then I heard it's and then I heard it. all this details and I was like, okay, well, maybe this guy is gonna stink. Maybe but. he's got speed like Yoshi. 
I don't think he's typically good, uh, a very good base runner. That's what I heard. Hits for average. They want a leadoff guy. So they got a leadoff guy. If he translates to the MLB, he's drawing comparisons to the the guy that in um, Atlanta, that Aruiz or whatever, that guy who only struck out like 40 times. Yeah, he's drawing comparisons to him. So maybe it'll work out. I don't know. So then we get reports that the Sox are close with Xander. Xander wants to come back. They're close. And his suitors are kind of dropping off the board. I go to bed pretty happy. Wake up this morning, do the absolute gut punch. Padres, 11 years, 280. So I'll just say this. 11 years, 280 for Xander Bogarts is preposterous. They are over. That's an overpay. 100%. Red Sox were never going to come close to matching that. And if this was straight up like... Oh, they they never had if this was a if this was the NFL or whatever, I'd be like, they never had a chance. Like it's not their fault, right? But this is not the NFL. This is the MLB. They were like 90 million off of what Xander wanted. The 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 yearly average of the AAB or whatever you call it is of of the offer um that the final offer they gave him and the offer that he got with um San Diego was almost the same, I guess, but the years was different. If they would have offered him back in spring what Jose Altuve got, which was 5150 about-ish. If they gave him 5150 or 6180 or something like that, this would have been a done deal in April. This would have been no problem. But they decided that they were just going to wait and make it seem like they cared when they didn't want the player. They didn't want the player. They didn't want the cornerstone of their franchise. A lot of people saying that they were going to slap the C on him when he re-signed. Um, first one since Veritech. And they let him go. They let him go. This was all planned from the start. This was bringing in Hein Bloom, getting Trevor's story. That means no more Xander. We're letting him go. And I hate to tell you, Devers is as good as gone. He's not staying. There's no chance they're willing to pay him. They're going to have to pay him 12 years, a billion dollars to get him to stay. And that's not going to happen. So... A lot of people are mad at Hein Bloom. I'm not happy with Hein Bloom, but at the same time, I don't really blame him because this is what he was brought here to do by John Henry. He was brought here to be the Tampa Bay Rays, which is spend no money and compete. Maybe we don't win World Series, but compete. So far, they're spending no money and they're not competing. What are they missing on this team? They've shored up their bullpen a little bit in free agency, which I'm happy about. But what are they missing? They're missing starting pitching. They're missing a second baseman slash shortstop, a middle infielder. They're missing a DH, and they're missing a first baseman. And well, they got uh, who they got that guy. They get like when they have the third draft pick. They got like Marcelo Myers or whatever his name is, who's gonna be a stud. I mean, we'll see. Draft picks in baseball, though, it's like one out of every one guy every five years becomes a starter in like six months. Yeah, but this is the a guy that we got is not that guy. This is. This is, you cannot, this is, baseball is the easiest sport to do this in. To take care of your homegrown prospects. There's no salary cap. John Henry makes a billion dollars. Like, he makes so much money. This, Fenway's never not going to sell out just because it's Fenway. He does not deserve the team. He needs to sell the team. He's clearly uninterested. He's not, like, a devoted Boston guy. He does not care about the city. He does not care about the team. It's a nice little money-making venture for him. (laughs) He needs to sell the team. Heim needs to go. Because he's not the guy to rebuild this team. He just wants to put out a middling team that they can they can trot onto the field, maybe win, I don't know, 50 games and call it a day. But this this I'm I'm so frustrated with this team. They had 2018, they had three of the best young stars in baseball. 
They had Mookie Betts, they had Xander Bogarts, and they had Devers. Now, if I was to rate who I wanted to keep the most, number one would probably be Mookie, number two would be Devers, number three would be Xander. So far, they've lost two out of three. What do they have to show for it? A bunch of no-name prospects. Jeter Downs is one of them. I don't think he's going to be very good. Um, Verdugo, who's a nice little player, pretty average, wouldn't, you know, kind of seems like he's been on the decline these past couple years. Um, and they've got nothing to show for it. And Devers is going to walk, and they're going to lose out on him, and then we're going to have to start all over. And I get it. We've won four World Series. Whatever. I'm just saying put out a product that doesn't come in last place all the time. Like, it's it's insufferable to watch. They like Dombrowski. Yes, he sold out to win championships. He he depleted our farm system. But if you're not going to pay the guys you you develop, then do that. Then just sell the farm system and bring in talent. Because if you're not going to pay the homegrown talent, don't let us get attached to them and then make them want. I hate the ownership. I really like I said, uh, maybe Robert Crash should sell the team. I'm not quite there yet with with them at all. I'm not even close to that. I'm deadly serious. John Henry needs to sell the team. He's unserious. He's a nerd. And Heim Bloom's a nerd. And he's just a product of what Henry wants to do. He's just the fall guy. He's going to get fired next year. And we'll bring in the next bum who's just going to gonna do the same thing. So I'm, I'm kind of – I'm really upset with this team. I'm not done with them. I'm not renouncing my Red Sox fandom. But I just really don't care about them anymore. They – like, they'll get – they'll go on a run soon. They always do. <coughs> But, like, and Xander's going to go and play well in San Diego, I'm sure. But he's not, like, he's not going to be the next coming of, I can't even think of a, a Jeter or something like that. Uh, uh, Alex Rodriguez. He's not going to be that. But you're just letting a guy who is a cornerstone of your franchise walk. That's setting a really bad example for the rest of the guys. I'm sick over this. I can't stand the Red Sox ownership group right now. They are a pack of bums. Um, Dill, your thoughts on what has transpired? Um, I think it was pretty much to be expected now that Xander was going to go. I know I played, uh, I had some positive, uh, words to say during the middle of the season last year, but that was just in vain. Um, so it, I mean, it is what it is. And this is what's, this is what's strange about the, <clears throat> the Red Sox is that, you know, they're a storied franchise that brings in money and it's not like they don't have the capacity to pay players. It's just in the past, since David Ortiz retired, they just decided not to. It's just like, why would we just decide that we're not going to shell out these massive contracts, but the Phillies will, the Dodgers will, so San Diego. Will. I don't, I don't, I'll, I'm just going to interrupt you for one second. Cause there's a tweet that I saw that I think makes a really good point. Teams like the San Diego Padres have become the Boston Red Sox and teams like the Boston Red Sox have become, or just the Red Sox, I should say in this situation have become the San Diego Padres. Like, the Padres are shilling out money. Their, their lineup looks like an all-star team. That's what Red Sox teams used to look like. Like, you think about, like, you think back to, like, the 2010 team, right, or 11 team, which was a disaster, right? They had an epic collapse. But you think about that lineup. They brought in Adrian Gonzalez, right? 
They brought in Carl Crawford. They brought in Adrian Beltre. Like they, you, the Red Sox were always putting out lineups that were just stacked with superstars. This is, if you think about the other big four sports, the two teams that kind of really, I think, run things in terms of free agents in that sport wanting to come here are the Red Sox and the Bruins. Because of the history, because of the the culture, those two places, like the Celtics, basketball players are kind of like, yeah, they're, you know, they're, they're wishy-washy. And the Celtics have a great history, but it was all built by Larry Bird back in the 80s. Like, they don't care about that. Football, you got to play for an a-hole and you're in cold weather. So maybe, and you got to take cheap contracts. So maybe you don't want to come here. But the Sox, you have you have so much advantage in bringing in these guys just by being the Red Sox. Same thing with the Bruins. Like, you're the Bruins. You're an original six. You're a hard-nosed team. If, if you're a hard-nosed player, why wouldn't you want to play here? And they, I don't know. It's just insane to me that they've become this penny-pinching franchise when they should be. the. They're one of the biggest markets in the sport. Why are they not doing more? Sorry to interrupt you. But when you talk about, yeah, it's fine. When you talk about... Um, the Adrian Beltre scenario and Adrian Gonzalez. That, that I know those guys crazy. didn't work out, but I'm just saying names no, no, like no. that. I'm saying we did that. That ended poorly. Since then, we haven't done that. Since then, John Henry has not done 2018. That. 2018 they did. Chris Sale, J.D. Martinez, they brought in before 2018. Okay. And they were the, that was the best team in franchise history. But you're right. No, that 2013 had no business winning winning the, the World Series. They had no business doing that. I remember sitting in our high school library looking Even looking at who they signed, and I was like, this is a joke of a team. And then the bombings happened, and they popped off. Even 2018, though, they weren't. Well, they went for it. Dombo well. went for it because he, he, traded all, he traded all those prospects for uh, Chris Sale. They signed J.D. Martinez Not to the massive deal. That was Chris Sale well before 2018. No, he's 2017, I think, was Chris Sale's first year. Am I thinking of the wrong year? I think I so. I'm thinking of the one. No, 2018 was when we were in college. 2018, we were in college, and they, yeah. they were the best team in baseball. Yeah, that was – J.D. Martinez had been on the team for far more. No, that was his first yes. year. That's, that's I will bet true. you. I will bet you $100. That's, um, I will. Okay. Um, so, $100 bet on the line. Um, you want me to look it up? Yeah, yeah. look it up. What is it? 2018 was not his first that year as a Red Sox. That was J.D. Martinez's first year as a Red Sox. Oh, no one else look it up. Stats, first year, 2018. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, $100. So, um, anyway, so the thing with John Henry, though, is that um, he's he owns what? He owns Liverpool. He owns other leagues. The Penguins. They just bought the Penguins. The Penguins, right. The Penguins. I mean, I he used to be huge. When they, when they were nobodies. Because they won in 2004 and everybody worshipped the man. And then, as you do, you accumulate more wealth, you get more interests and, you know, buy more things. And I think you're right in saying that the heart and soul of him and the Boston Red Sox group or whatever it is, um, 
I don't actually think it's solely invested in the team winning. And it's because partly the Red Sox are a storied franchise. They can put up a crap team and they're still, they're going to, they're going to make the same amount of money. If the team is 500, if the team is 40 games above 500 or 40 games below 500, because all the money comes from TV deals and ads, and it doesn't matter what players they put on the field, they're always going to get those slots. So you pay your players less, you make the same, you make more money if you pay the players less, because they're not, the, they're not going to make, right? They're not going to, they're not going to make less money if the team sucks. That's that's the way that it works for the Red Sox. So before I go so to Tucker, I do a class on this kind of exact topic. I took a class on the economics of sports and basically it showed like how much value a player brings to the team in terms of like what you should play, pay a player versus how much value they bring to the team in terms of how much more money a World Series brings you, these types of things. And for small market teams, for teams that are very dependent on the success, these signings are huge. Like someone... I'm trying to think of a smaller market team. The Milwaukee Brewers, let's say. I guess they're kind of good right now. but No, they're small market. <laughs> they're small market. Them signing a huge free agent is way more of a money grab than the Yankees making that same guy. Let's say right. that... <coughs> <coughs> let's say they bring in $10 million a year in terms of additional sales, Additional jersey sales plus additional ticket sales is tickets that don't get sold out versus a team like the Red Sox where a lot of their games are being sold out regardless. It's there's a point the mo- when you're the looking money. at business, it doesn't make sense for the Red Sox to sign. I mean, I don't really love Xander's contract regardless. I'm not sure how I would have felt if this Red Sox signed him to it, but my whole thing is that. The Red Sox keep not signing guys because the next guy is going to be ours. But they, it's what I thought when we did sign Mookie. I was like, we're not keeping Mookie so we can sign Xander and Bogarts. I mean, Bogarts and uh, Devers. And that was like my justification. And now we're not getting keeping Bogarts. And maybe it's so that we keep Devers, but we might not get Devers still. Like, it just seems like we're just keep doing it. And Basically, it comes down to the fact that they're running this as a business, not as a right, exactly. And that's where the problem with baseball, I mean, with these career owners is. Guys that want to be a billionaire off of owning a team, rather than the guys that own a team, the Jerry Joneses, who own a football team because... They love the Dallas Cowboys and want the Dallas Cowboys to win a Super Bowl. That's the difference, and it's really frustrating to watch. It's just an owner that's running it as a business versus an owner that's running it out of a passion. So that's where we come from is this place of passion, and it's just so clear that that's not what he is. I 100% agree with you, Tucker, and I think think they go hand-in-hand, though, right? Because, like, you look at Bob Kraft, right? The Patriots were – not good forever. Like very like one of the worst franchises in American sports. 
You think he bought that team and was like, okay, I'm going to turn this into a business. I'm going to become, this is going to become the third most valuable franchise in America. No, he went out there. He obviously wanted to make a profit. He went out there and did whatever he needed to do to make the team better. He thought, Bill Belichick, this guy seems like a genius. I'm going to do whatever I can to get him here and let him run it and literally keep my nose out of it and and let him run it. And that's what he did. And the Patriots are now worth billions because of, of his decision to do that. But I think if John Henry got out of his own way and said, spend what you need to spend, you know, do whatever you got to do. Just just put a winning product out there and that'll bring in more profit. Like to me. But the thing is, Trace, it doesn't. But that won't bring in more profit. It doesn't. Not for the Red Sox. And that's what's that's what's, Unless you're guaranteeing World Series, it won't bring in more profit. Yeah. So it, it, So I, okay. Yes. But I I'm just trying to say, to me, like, if you're not a fan of the sport and a, a massive one at that, what what you don't have any business owning a team. If I was a billionaire, I would hundred percent buy the team. And I would let other people run it while cause cause how would I like to spend my money? Pretending hey, number one you wouldn't, but it wouldn't be out of a place of, um, you know, <laughs> to try to maximize profit. You would run the team because you believe that you would put together a better product. Well, like, Bill would do what he did this year, and you'd be like, look out, Bill, I'm taking over. Yes, but I'm just saying, in if if I wasn't me, I'm saying if I'm a billionaire, whatever. Like, yes, yes, you're right. But I'm trying but to no, say... But you're still coming from a place of power. Yes, I'm trying to say that... If I was a billionaire, what would I want to do with my money? I would want to live the lifestyle of a championship athlete without the talent. So I'd want to celebrate championships <laughs> as much as I can. I think that's – there's nothing – Bob Kraft is cemented in this town forever and across the country forever as one of the greatest owners in professional sports. That will never be taken away from him and his family. Nobody will ever tell the Krafts to sell the team. Maybe one day, but very far down the line. Probably in like two years. <laughs> yeah, but not the sane population. I, I don't know. It's just, I think it's pathetic and he needs to sell the team. Um, all right, let's move on. We spent a lot of time on that. Um, did anybody have a fraud of the week? I couldn't come up with one outside of the Red Sox front office. That's kind of where my fraud of the week was. Aaron, John Heyman. John Heyman, fraud of the week. John Heyman tweeted out Aaron, Aaron Judge to the Giants. Then retracted and then tweeted out yesterday. Red Sox and Bogarts are very close to a deal. Yeah, that guy's been a tough couple, <laughs> forty-eight hours for that guy. I had I had one, and it was like kind of a joke, and then I but I forgot it. Um. All right, let's do a little bit of NFL talk. We'll we'll start Patriots. Obviously, we covered a little bit of the Bills game the other night. Um. But I just want to get into next year because to me this season's over after that loss. I don't see a path forward, um, especially when you didn't play the Bills tight. Um, I think the only way you beat the Bills later on is if there's a, uh, a weather game. But you're gonna probably you're gonna lose to the Bills. You're probably gonna lose to the Dolphins. You've got the Bengals who are finally starting to put it together. You're probably gonna lose to them. The two winnable games are this week against the Cardinals, next week against the Raiders. Um, I still think you lose to the Cardinals because I don't think they can handle mobile quarterbacks. Um, the Raiders, I think, will be a toss-up game. But those are two winnable games. I don't see them sneaking in. Um, 
So I think the season's over at this point. So I start moving to next year. Now, I want to get your guys' opinion. We've only had one reported instance of Kraft, speaking of owners interfering, really stepping in, which was the Brady trade to the Brady trade to keep Garoppolo. Kraft's, Kraft vetoed it. Some some people like Cam say he's still fighting back because of that. There are deep conspiracy theorists in Pat's Nation that say that Bill has everything Bill has done was to get back at Kraft for that. I don't believe that. Um, but do we think he steps in here if Bill tries to hold on to Matt Patricia? Because um, I think Bill wouldn't change it if he if it was his say. They've won one or two Super Bowl since then, so that's a really bad take. What? No, no, I'm saying the people that are saying that everything Bill's done since I agree. It's, it's, they've won like one or two Super Bowls. I agree. Defense. It's very, it's very stupid. I think it, I think it bothered Bill. <laughs> I think it bothered Bill, but I don't think. 100%. I think that could have ultimately led to to the the breakdown between Brady and and Bill. I think that could have been a big part of it. But um, do we think that if Bill decides next year we're going to stick it out, go with what we have, not bring any new guys in, uh, that Kraft will step in. I think he does. I think he's, you know, seeing what they're putting on the field this year, and he's going to be like, listen, Bill, it didn't work. We're wasting another year. Um, You know, you've only got so many left. This is essentially another wasted year. You've had two out of three wasted years since Brady left, just kind of rebuilding. I want to – he said something last year in an interview where we haven't won a playoff game since 2018, so I'd like to see us win that. He said that publicly. So the pressure's on. So I think – one or two, I think two things. I think A, Kraft's going to step in. Bill O'Brien's contract at Alabama is up. I think they're going to pursue him heavily. He was, of course, the offensive coordinator when Josh McDaniel wasn't here. He did a pretty damn good job. He also did a great job with that Texans team when they were they weren't very good when they made their playoff pushes. Um, they had a great quarterback who's scumbag, but that's about it. Um, and I think that if for that things, I think things, if things continue, that next year, like I know I've been on the fire Bill train. I think it really heats up. I think next year is the defining year for Bill Belichick as as the Patriots coach. And I'm just saying this because Peter King, who is a reputable reporter for Sports Illustrated, I believe, uh, he's there now. He said as much. He said he has his eyes on 2023 for Bill Belichick on the hot seat. So. A, do you think they make a change at coaching because clearly it's not working? And B, do you think Bill's job is actually in danger next year if he doesn't find some sort of result? Um, Tucker, I'll let you go. I'll touch on this first. Um, I do think they make a change at coaching. I hope they do. It didn't work. Um, Now, what my outlook for the season is the same as it was basically this entire year, which was lose out. I hope they lose out. Will I be rooting for the Patriots every game? Absolutely. Because regardless of what my brain thinks, as soon as that game starts, I'm still a Patriots fan rooting for them to win. I think I would love for them to lose every game. I, I They're not making like, the playoffs, like so why not? It's one of those things. It's one of those things. But, like, both of us, as soon as that game starts, we're not rooting against the Patriots. No, no so chance. It's impossible to do. No chance. Um, <clears throat> even though it's in our best interest. But... Coaching change, 100%. Is Bill on the hot seat? No, because at the end of the day, he's going for the all-time win record. I think he's job for life. 
I do think it's a job for life at this point. I think more than two bad seasons would have to be the breaking point for this entire franchise. Do you think, uh, Do you think? so you said the coaching change is going to happen. Do you think it's going to come from Kraft or do you think it's going to come from Bill? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I, I don't know where Bill lies, but I, I think that Kraft will definitely have some, say something because that's Kraft's way. But I don't think that it will be – I think Bill's kind of a realist. I think he always is – I think what Bill is more than anything is a realist. I don't think Bill's going to sit there and say that they were good. You know, like, Bill's the guy when a player's getting older, still a great player, he, you know, trades them. He's like, look, like, they only got this much longer in the tank. It's not worth signing to a long-term deal right now, you know? At the end of the day, even when things are great, even when guys are long-term guys, Bill is able to separate. Uh, know that, like, Certain guys aren't good for the future of the franchise. I think, and I'm hoping at least, that we about this. Um, but we'll have to see. Um, Dill, before I go to you, because I know you, you said last week as much that Bill's got the job till till he's dead, till Kraft's dead. But um, what if, in, in my hypothetical situation, Kraft walks into Bill's office and says, you need to switch the coordinator. What if Bill says, no, I'm not switching the coordinator. And Kraft says, well, then you're fired. Do you think Bill walks? So I think that um, he doesn't. I think Kraft wins that argument because A, Bill has built everything here. Like he's got, he's not going to sell his houses. He loves Nantucket. He's going to rent them out if he has to go somewhere. He's got to drag his kid, his kids across with him because they're going to go with him. He has two kids on the staff. They have kids. You got to pull them out of school, get them readjusted for what? Three more years, you know, 20 more wins. Um, So I think Kraft, if he takes a hard line and says, you either walk or you change the coordinator, I think he changes the coordinator because I don't, I don't think he wants to pick up and leave. I I really don't at this point in his life. Uh, What do you think, Tuck? Um, I don't think it would get to that point. I Say think it did. Lineup would break before it gets to the ultimatum, but I do agree with you that I think Bill would drop the coordinators rather than changing his entire life around to move at the age that he is. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a guy in his seventies that has his entire family and his family's family. Like, there's just too many pieces involved that I don't think he would sacrifice all of it to move somewhere else. Especially, I mean. Would there be 25 job offers for Bill Belichick if he left? There'd be a lot. percent Yeah, there'd be a lot. I mean, but, and would they be willing to take all that? Like, they'd take him and oh, yeah. whoever says he's bringing with him. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's part. I don't think it would be an all be all. But let me tell you, no, it would be a crazy thing. Bill to the Buccaneers. No, he would never go there. Um, but imagine. God, I'd kill myself. I'd actually kill myself. <laughs> um, Dylan, oh, yeah. all of all of that to you. Uh, uh, Belichick would would cave, and he would do whatever he had to to stay. I think. Um, do you think Kraft steps in? 
Do I think Kraft? Um, no, because I think Kraft is kind of losing marbles, if you ask me. <laughs> um, you know, if you had to ask me. Uh, the guy is old. He looks extremely old. He sounds old. I think his it's only brain when he's drinking. Only when he's drinking, he sounds old. I think his brain is old. I think he's he's losing a little bit up there. I I actually strongly disagree with you. I think he's part. still totally committed to the team. I yeah, don't. I think he's totally committed. Do you see the I way the man claps when things happen? He's I don't old. Think he's gonna fall over. I really there's nothing about him that made me think that Bill's lost a step. Craft. No, not Bill. I'm saying Craft. Oh, crap. Yeah. I thought we were saying that Bill is... No, Bill is the opposite. Bill is 73 or 4 or whatever, and he looks 10 years younger than Pete Carroll. He's 70. But I think Bill has lost his fastball. Pete Carroll's really old, though. I know. No, but but Pete Carroll's in great shape. I know. He's 73 or whatever, but what I'm saying is... Pete Carroll's 71. He looks... Okay, they're the same age, and I just said Pete Carroll looks... Ten years older than Bill, so why why are you hating on me, Tucker? Bill's one year younger. That, that's fine. I'm just saying he looks ten years younger. I don't see that though. I do. Pete Carroll looks like Snow Miser, and I have the pictures. To prove. <laughs> he does. It's a good he doesn't look like Snow Miser. I won't deny that. Um. All right. Uh, other <laughs> NFL stuff. We can. We don't really have much to touch on. On Brady did it again. We talked about it. Uh, Tucker was was in the mentions talking about oh look at Brady look at Brady da, 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 da. and then he and then he just did the thing I had a mediocre game he you just, guys hyping it he up he just did the thing this is like hyping up Tom Brady for the thirteenth and three Super Bowl what's amazing to me Tucker is imagine you are a any other sport you're a you're a hockey player you're you're David Pasternak and your team's down two goals, and you have zero shots in the game. You're playing like oh, crap. No, and in and it and in the in the last two in the last two minutes of the game, you score two goals and your team wins. No, no, because this has to be compared to a basketball game where for the first three and a half quarters you had two points, and like eight attempts, two points, and then in the last four minutes of the game. You make like 10, 15 points to win the game. Well, it shows resilience. That's great. That person's a hero. He's not resilient. It shows resilience. Okay, you you go out. You you don't fold. You don't fold. That's the end of the game. I played like crap. I'm just gonna go play crap again. Wait till the next game. No, you go out and you and you best yourself and you get and you play better and you win. You play bad for eighty percent of the game, and that's the reason why you're in that situation. Like Trey, you're telling me. Mac Jones had that same exact game where the Patriots play like shit. If they won, they won. Terrible team for three and a half quarters, and then Mac comes out at the fourth. If he did that, I'd be like, we got something. And you're not like, eh. No, I'd be like, we got something. If he comes out the fourth and plays like that, we got something. Take the last two minutes of the game, and don't think about anything else. Was that a very well played last two minutes yes, of the game by Tom Brady? Well, okay, I, thank you. It's taking the whole episode. But you're just ignoring the other. That's all I want you to admit that he played it extremely yeah, well the last you're missing two minutes. 65 minutes of the game. You're just like, it happens. Well, don't count that because Brady didn't play well in that time. Listen. Like, well, why were 
Why were the you're, why you're were the Bucks down sixty to three to Andy Dalton? Let's find well, common well, ground. No, we're not talking about that part. Let's find common ground. You can say Brady's fallen off a cliff in terms of his arm strength, his accuracy, his commitment to the game, whatever. You cannot deny the clutch gene is still clutch there. Clutch gene is still there. It's we'll there. not deny that. It's for there. Time. It's not going anywhere either. And we said no, this. No, I, I won't deny that the clutch gene is still there. We talked about I this mean, last week. No, the clutch gene is something that you either have or you don't. That's like saying Tyreek Hill lost his speed. If I am the if if I'm the division leader in the NFC, like, maybe not the Eagles, but if I'm <laughs> the boys, if I'm the say say the Vikings draw the Buccaneers round one, round two because they're the only way they make it in is through. No, the the, the two seed doesn't get a buy anymore. Yeah, but they don't play a divisional winner. They play all the divisional winners. Oh wait, round. wait. They're gonna win the division. That's right. So say you're yeah. the say you're the Giants or the the Cowboys. the Cowboys is the perfect comparison. Yeah, if you draw the Bucks in Tampa Bay, you're scared. You're not. You're <laughs> oh, not excited. I've, I've said that because that team's wildly talented. So this is a team that's underperformed all year. They're gonna win the Super Bowl. I'm, they're gonna that, win the Super Bowl. That's my whole thing. Is that this team's underperformed all year? All you gotta yeah. do is get hot. We'll be right scared of this they're getting hot. They're all the talent in the world. And Tom Brady's got something hot at home. Yeah, he's, he's got the new the girlfriend. Field. Big rumors about the new girlfriend. Ever, he's three and zero since Big the divorce, rumors. right? Or no, he's three and three and one. They lost to the, when did they lost to the Browns? He's three and one since the d- divorce. He has the clutch over the clutch, you know, last second touchdown. He's got the new smoke show girlfriend who's been kicked off Instagram because her body's too too revealing. His, her body's too nice for Instagram. I mean, this guy is <laughs> this guy can't lose. Um, He's got a movie coming out soon that I'm definitely going to go see. He's five. They're 500 and they're going to win the Super so, Bowl. So they've been terrible, terrible. Same record as the New England Patriots. I know. It's so funny. Yeah, no. But, Trey, you, they have 11 pro bowlers on their, out of 22 players on their team. And that includes the injuries. They would have had like 13, 14 if it didn't count for injuries. I don't think the, the defense has played all that well. You keep saying the defense is amazing. The defense is very – Trey – the defense is the only reason why they were in that game. No, the, set, the Saints puked on themselves. That's what happened. Yeah, but the only reason why they were in they the game the first place they, they looked across and they said, oh, shit. Trey, the defense, they Brady gave the other team the ball three separate times on the wrong side of the 50. And they only gave up 16 points the entire game. Like, their defense is good. Is there three wild card spots or two? Three. Okay. Let's move on. Um, Joe Burrow is 3-0 and against the Chiefs. Um, are we taking the, the Bengals seriously again? I am. I think they had a struggle. They got Jamar back. They're kind of hitting their stride. I do think this team will fail in the playoffs. I do not think they will go on another miracle run. But I think Joe Burrow is like 
the real deal, like 100% confirmed, like wasn't a one-year wonder, whatever. I think this team is legit. I don't know what it is about the Chiefs. They can't solve this problem. But um, what would you make of that game, Tuck? <coughs> uh, I saw bits and pieces, but Joe Burrow is the real deal, 100% through and through. Um, I won't deny that at all. I like Joe Burrow a lot. Uh, just good. Plays, I mean, just, yeah. I mean, I think he's got all the talent in the world. T. Higgins took a huge step this year. Having T. Higgins and Jamar Chase in such a wide receiver dominated league is huge. Uh, but yeah, no, 100% the real deal. Could not agree with you more. Um, there's somehow the Chiefs kryptonite. Um, but yeah, no, they're real. Do I, I don't think they make another Super Bowl run, but I do think that they're going to be someone to remember. Um, I think the Bengals are another sneaky contender. Um, they're, they're getting hot at the right time. And, uh, as for the Chiefs, um, I don't know. Um, I mean, three games is just barely enough to determine a trend. Uh, so, I think there's still more to this story. I'd say it's hard to see, hard to beat the same team four times in a row. So I'm gonna bet the Chiefs next time to play. Um. All right. Last. Oh wait, talk. I wanted to talk lock of the year. We've kind of gotten off the lock of the year stuff with you recently. Um, it's been hot. It's been hot. What is the record of it now? It's something like seven and four, bro. Like seven and four, eight and five. It's well over five hundred. So, do you have one this week? Because if not, oh, I, I do have one this week. I hope it's what I'm thinking of. Because I have one. If you don't, I think I think uh, we will have the same lock of the year. And yeah, no, it is the Vegas overthought this lock of the year. Um. It was clear in the situation. Vegas thinks they know something. They don't. It's the Vikings versus the Lions. Uh, so have you seen it? Is this yours? No. What? I'm going to play guess that line with you. Guess the line. It's close. Three. Three and a half. What, Vikings by three and a half? Vikings three and a half. What if I told you it's Lions minus two? Lions are favored. Lions are favored. Where are they playing? Uh, Detroit. I don't know. Lions are a little hot. Yeah, I love this game for the. I love this game for the Vikings. I absolutely love it because what are the Vikings? People underestimate the Vikings. Is why they win close games. And I'm sorry, yeah, that's I'm what not talking about how Brady like wins no matter what gets in the close games, but finds the way to win it, right? Now, that is the Lions this year. Kirk Cousins has the clutch gene right now. They they find ways to win close every single time. And I don't understand why that would make 
them favored. There's is no someone reason. is someone hurt? It's like no, there's no significant injuries. I think the Lions are frisky. frisky. I think the Lions are frisky. I think the Vikings are good. The Vikings I think the Vikings beat them by like forty. I don't think so. I think it's gonna be close. I think the Vikings are just a better team. There's a divisional game. There's a big game for the I mean the Vikings are just them. Like they're they're just a team that wins close games over and over again. But I just don't see how this game Yeah, remember this is the same Lions that got blown out by Bailey Zappy. Yeah, but they've they've tightened up over the past couple weeks. I just love. I got a better one for you. I got a better one. Um, Couldn't tell you who the team's playing, but the Seattle Seahawks are minus four. I don't know who they're playing. Who are they playing? I saw this online today. Seattle Seahawks. The Panthers. Oh, my God. This is is Trey McNinch's lock of a lifetime right now. I'm 0-1 on locks of the month. I'm going to be one and all on locks of a lifetime. Locks of a lock of a lifetime. The Seattle Seahawks, first of all, much better team than the Panthers. Second of all, they had a team dog named Turf who went through a a battle with cancer, had his leg removed, came back to work for the team. He was like the the grounds manager was his title. Like took care of the grounds. Patriots have a similar dog named Boyd who like chases the Canadian geese off the practice fields. Anyways. Lost his leg to cancer, came back, just unfortunately passed away. We've talked about dead dogs on this podcast before. Some of them were curses. Swagger. Curse of Swagger's back, by the way, for the Browns. But um, I think this is the turf game. This the team's going to ball out for turf. Dead dog game. Trey McNinch's dead dog lock of the lifetime. Seahawks minus four. Got to be. Um, all right, let's move on. List guys. I'm going to hit you with a random list guys right now. Cause we didn't plan this. List topic is races. Wait, wait, this isn't overrated things. No, we no, can't we to do that. Rate races as in not nationalities or whatever. Races as in a competition. Well, I got to change my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, races. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Where the obstacle is to beat your opponent to a to a to a Destiny. space in the quickest amount of time possible. All right, number five. I'm going NASCAR. Now, oh, you, NASCAR race. I was gonna say like Indy 500 is like. I mean, the, you can be speci- you can be more specific. I'm going very broad with my. You can okay, go specific. Okay, okay. I'm going. Uh, NASCAR number five. Now, I'm not a NASCAR guy. I think it's pretty stupid just driving in a circle for five turns, but people love it. And I tell guess, that to your cousin. I know. Mike Parker is the biggest NASCAR guy I've ever seen, but um, it's not for me, but I can see the appeal. Um, getting real <laughs> drunk, getting real drunk and uh, watching the, the cars go by um, real fast. Yeah. <laughs> a great video on Twitter of how fast the cars go and it's pretty nuts. Um, I might have told the story on the podcast, but I had a NASCAR game when I was a kid. First thing I would do, green flag would come out. I would stop my car, turn around and drive (laughs) head first into the other cars. It was always fun. Um, used to do it for hours, but, um, 
yeah, I think NASCAR is a pretty interesting sport, in quotations. Um, fights, too. Kind of a hockey element to it. After the race, people just get out of the cars and throw hands, and that scene doesn't seem to get punished. Um, Jimmy Johnson killed a guy, right? Didn't that happen? He, like, ran over somebody. Anyways, NASCAR, oh, interesting. NASCAR racing is my number five for races. Um, Dylan. Races. Um, this is this is tough. Um, I guess I'll put. I mean, NASCAR is a good one. I guess I'll put NASCAR two at number five. Uh, I I sort of kind of like NASCAR. I was kind of into it in like middle school. Video games are fun. Uh, it's fun to see the cars go. I like their, I like their, uh, <clears throat> like the cars all, all their like logos on it. It's like I like rooting for the, the Budweiser car or the M and M, the M and M car back in the day was my favorite. Uh, what's his name? Kyle Busch in the M and M car. Jeff Gordon uh, in the Dupont car. Right, Dupont paint. Yep, a lot of lead in there. Might kill you. Uh, so yeah, Tucker number five. Uh, my number five is F one, uh, the superior race to NASCAR. Who I watches do. Formula One? I do. Tucker I made do. a Formula One take on this show. Marble I racing. At least I watched it the eight minute like. You mean Marbula one? I actually like. It's just a better race. See, I don't really like the zipping in, in, in around the corners. I kind of like the big circle. Why? It's just less... Because I like whiskey, neat, vanilla ice cream, and coffee black. That's why. I'm that type of guy. I like the circle. It's nice and easy to understand. The funniest thing I ever heard was hearing that Dome was born at exact <laughs> night on his due date. And yeah, noon on my due date. Dylan to go. heard is that Dylan was born on midnight on his day. No, no, no. Noon. The middle of the day. Right oh, in the right. middle. In the middle of the day. Couldn't have been more perfect. Yeah. No, noon on the dot on his due date. Like, just peak Dylan right there. Uh, my number four is going to be bike racing. Uh, never watched it in my life. Yeah, the Tour de France. Um, I have watched compilations of people crashing in that one, too. That's oh, yeah, those are fun. That hurts. Um, Lance Armstrong, American hero, lost a nut, may have cheated, did cheat, put out some put out some fire bracelets back in the day. Uh, this just, is dodgeball. You, if you didn't wear a Livestrong bracelet, then you loved cancer. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bike racing, it's it's tough. I The Josh Billings, um, my dad used to do it. I think Tucker, didn't you do the Josh one? Josh Billings. But you did not do the biking portion. No, uh, I was number one in the Berkshires. Yeah, so but the biking was always kind of cool to watch, and the transition of the bikers into the. I've the done triathlons, cool. so I've actually done a bike race. Yeah, biking's cool. Um, they wear the funny helmets, the aerodynamic helmets. Uh, you you watch the biking in the Olympics where they just do the circle. It's like a NASCAR but a bike, and they just go around and around and around in a circle. It's pretty neat. Uh, bike racing. Oh, so you like that one? Okay. Yeah, I do like that one because they crash and it's funny. Um, biking four. 
Dylan. Me, right? Yeah. Number four. This is this is tough. I didn't get any chance to think. Uh, number four. I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, shoot. Um, snowboard races, snowboarding races, the Olympics, like the downhill, like it's like six people in a heat. That's fun. Also, one of my favorite video games of all time, SSX. SSX. I, SSX I was going to say Great. My, one of my favorite games. Honestly, still play. Do you remember the uh, one they had at the community center? That snowboarding, like 1080, I think it was called. It was on 1080. The, yeah, it was on the 64. That was a sweet game. Got that one too. Don't know where it's. Um, so yeah, uh, snowboarding races, they're always fun. I like the snow. They go over some jumps. They wear those bibs. Tucker? Elden Ring game of the year, by the way, for you gamers out there. My number four was the biathlon. Another Olympic sport. Um, who doesn't like racing while also shooting guns? Um, just don't <clears throat> that they're like, all right, so you're going to cross-country ski until you get to this mark, and then you're going to shoot guns at targets, and then you're going to continue to ski, and you're just going to ski the entire time with a gun strapped to your back. Like, I want to know who thought of this. It's awesome. But it's a very old sport. Go from Lennox made the Olympics in the bio. Uh, yeah, Lennox, some Lennox legends. There was a girl from Pittsfield like, 25 by years ago. There was a girl from Lennox in like oh in two thousand ten ish that that made it. <coughs> I think earlier, Trey. Maybe we're thinking of the same person. I thought it was Sochi. Wasn't into... Sochi 2010, 2012? It wasn't. No, I'm thinking of like thirty years ago. Then a, a, a woman from Pittsfield did it, um, and my she came into my dad's store and they actually worked on it. Yeah. You're right, two thousand ten. Actually, I don't oh, know. I nailed it. Um, okay, my number three is going to be the marathon. Um, no joke with this one. Just, I think, an insanely impressive thing to be able to do. Uh, I've attended a few Boston marathons in my day. Um, and the fact that people are able to run 20, what is it, 26.2 miles in, correct. in four hours or less is insane. Um, I, no comment. You don't think it's hard? I, I don't think, I mean, I ran 20 miles every weekend just because. I mean, but the dudes that come from Africa and just, just. Uh, oh, sprint. oh, the top one that wins. What do they, what is like the best time? Like, do they do it in two hours? Um, Register fastest time ever or fastest. Like what's your average, like marathon winter time? 208. That's insane. I mean, that's insane. Yeah, no, it's insane. It's faster than I ran a 5K. Yeah, so um, that's insane. I think it takes, and even for a normal person, like Wait, Tucker, you say 208 a mile? Is that no, what you just said? 208, two, two hours, eight minutes. Two hours, eight minutes. Okay. Um, Tucker, you're not normal. Like, you are a good runner. For normal people that go out and do that, that's insane. I would love to be able to run a marathon. I never will because I could never get dedicate myself to that much pain like like it would just take dedication yeah no i I, it hurts too much for me i don't like running um but marathon my number number and it's also a big thing in boston my number three dill 
my number three, I'm going, uh, damn, this is, this is tough. Number three, I'm going to go with the 100 meter dash. What is it? The fastest whatever seconds in sports or something like that. Ten, not even. I don't know, but Usain Bolt's pretty fast. I think someone's beating him by now, but no, um, never mind. Tucker knows, but uh, yeah, it's fun to watch, and it's always cool to see the men run as and the women no, really run as fast as they can go. How about the fact it, that dude is that fast and his name Bolt? That's never made it, sense. I know that's awesome. <laughs> it, it, um, the one thing about it that is cool is like. Sure, long distance running is definitely difficult, um, and you are pushing your body to the limits because you're trying to go as fast as you can without dying and, you know, beating everybody else. But with the 100-yard dash or meter dash, whatever it is, that's a pure testament to how fast human beings can physically run. For a hundred meters, I mean, but that's that's just the distance that we decided to do it at. You could do fifty, whatever, but that's like run no, as fast. It's as not even how fast you go. It's not how fast you go once you get to um, the fifty. That's all about reaction time because you're not like your top speed does. You might not even get to it at the fifty meter because like. It's literally about reaction time. It's how fast you can get off the blocks. Is if you watch Usain Bolt at the 50 meter mark in most of his races, he wasn't winning because he did not have the fastest blocks. He was just faster. Like his top speed was just better than anyone else's. Well, yeah. So whatever. It's the it's the testament <laughs> how fast human beings can go from a stopped position to a hundred meters. So there's something cool about that. Tucker three. Uh, number three, the four by four. I think the four by four is an awesome event. Uh, the fact is at the end of track, me kind of added this adds suspense to it, but just such a fun event to watch. Um, just the four hundred is honestly my like one hundred in terms of how fast a person can physically go, while also just it just barely it does partially involve endurance but just barely but it is just an insane event 400 runners are just freak athletes i mean they are just nuts i i don't know i think coming from a distance perspective i just have a little bit more respect for the four than the one but yeah the four by four just the baton handoffs the whole part of it the part that's like a team aspect to it it's just so fun. You'll see some of the craziest comebacks of all time in the 4x4, which you don't really get in the 100 and those types of things because, you know, it's only four and even started. But, like, seeing a nuts comeback in a 4x4, there's nothing that matches it. Just, like, a guy just, you're just like, oh, my God, I didn't realize people could go that much faster. When people are, you know, there's a guy running a 50-second 400, and then a guy is just deciding to run three seconds faster. It's just insane. Uh, Cam, your secret word is speed for the episode. Everybody remember that. Speed. I am speed. Um, my number two is the ponies. Horse racing. Um, oh, that's a big mess for me. Yeah. Horse racing's got to be on my list. 
this is why I thought of it because Tucker mentioned he won some some money in a horse race. Um, so the reason it's not number one, kind of a problematic race. The way the horses are treated, not always great. But when you go to the track and you and you win big, I had a big winner um, this last past summer at Saratoga. I like lost a ticket and then I made like all my money back on one bet. Hit a like a trifecta. Speaking of horse racing, during this episode, I, that's why I brought it up. I just I just mentioned that. Sorry. No. How much did you win? Hundred thirty dollars on a random horse. On a random horse race, I was just like, you know, what? I'll throw in a little exact of that. Um, I don't really ever bet horse racing. I think I've done it like two or three times on my sports book ever, and I've lost it for the other two times. This time, I'm like, yeah, through. Like two dollars. Well, it was like twenty dollars total on a bunch of different exactas, and then it hit at seventy-five. At seven, what was it? Sixty-five to one to win one hundred thirty dollars. Just what an awesome way to make sure that I have a positive. In, yeah, in terms of gambling rushes, I think winning a horse race is right up there. Um, whenever you go to a casino, too, you hit the race book. That's a good time. I remember Tucker and I hit the race book the once. That's time. And, and Tucker was chatting it up with the race lady, just like trying to get insider information. We were also watching the dogs race, which was nuts. Um, but yeah, horse racing. Another one you mentioned in the, in the 400, watching somebody come from behind, watching a horse that just comes out of nowhere and just wins the race after being in last the whole time. I think that's kind of where I lean away from the straight up sprints is that you don't see the come from behind victories. Yeah, but in horse racing, you see it all the time. Horse race, ponies are my number two. Uh, number two, I'm going to go uh, swimming races like in the Olympics because I, I would say in the Summer Olympics, that's my most watched event is the swimming races, all of them. Talk. Number two for me is elementary school races. Um, I thought about putting that on my list. In elementary school, how fast you were was a big determinant of who you were as a man. It really defines you. I actually remember Dylan, me and you being... Oh, the pacer tests. At elementary school races. Pacer test, I beat it. Like the Yeah, me too. It was, it was nuts. I wasn't a sprinter, but I could go all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the short elementary school races I'd lose. You throw me in a longer elementary school race, no one's touching me. I knew it. I was I didn't know I was a good runner back then, but you threw me in a long race even at that age, dominant. And so yeah, number two on my you list. The, at seven years old, you have the lungs of a nineteen year old, okay? Right. Goddamn right. Um Honorable mentions for me going into number one. Definitely backyard race, uh, crushed ice. That's on my that's on my honorable mentions list. Crushed it's, ice is a good you, one. They, they, shotgun, shotgun races should have been on someone's uh, list. It's a good one. Um, Marbella one. That's on my honorable mentions. Oh. There was a time in this podcast that we definitely went through. Um, my number one <laughs> is week. the hundred meter dash. And actually, Tucker, it's interesting because. I kind of, I was going to preface it by saying, this is the race we all used to run against each other when we were kids. Just go over there as fast as you can in basically a straight line. Um, 
the most exciting five seconds of sports, whatever it is, Dill, watching those guys just move is insane. You don't really realize how fast they're running watching it on TV. Uh, but you guys nailed it before when you mentioned it, Dill. So 100-meter dash is my number one. Also, a very fun game mode on Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Used to play that one a lot. <laughs> Um, a lot of video game talk in this in this segment. Uh, Dill. <clears throat> um, my uh, my number one first. I'm going to go a couple honorable mentions. Uh, the space race. That was a good one. Uh, we won that race. We won. We that. did win that one. Uh, the the amazing race. Also a good one. Never seen it. Uh, it's, it's a TV show. Um. Um, also, uh, speedboat drag racing is electric. A lot of dudes die. Not electric. <laughs> uh, the sailboats, the, the sailboat racing could get pretty cool. I've never seen those, that in the Olympics. Uh, um, and the canoe event, like the, the kayak event where they like stick a, oh, white, the wa- they make a white water yeah. rapid course. Um, but number one is horse racing. Like Trey said, it's the only event that I've actually ever witnessed on my list. Never been to NASCAR, never been to some crazy track event or swimming event outside of like a high school meet or something, um, or a snowboarding event. But the horse racing, they're fun. The jockeys, they're small. The horses, they're big. My pockets are empty when I leave. But it's fun. Tugger won. My number one is oh, uh, my number one is the five has to be for me. Um, no, my bread and butter paid for me to go to college. Um, number one, the state of Massachusetts for high school in the year of 2015, just like I said. Uh, mm. But yeah, the best race in sports. I mean, entire season dedicated to just one race. And it's electric. I love the 5K. It's definitely my best race throughout my career. So, gotta play at number one. It was a good little, uh, good little off the cuff slip, cuff list there, boys. But uh, that's our show. Um, hopefully, we'll get Cam back one of these days. He's been working like a dog, so um, we'll uh, have to quiz him for a secret word. Um, but yeah, thanks for getting with us. We will see you next time. So long.